everybody! Hi guys, well from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, if you haven't seen it, guys, there's, we're going to be talking about Murder Among the Mormons. It's currently the, sitting at number two uh, on, on over there at Netflix. No it's a way. big deal. Oh, it's true crime set in Salt Lake City circa 1984. And right? totally revolves around the Mormon church. Yeah. It's awesome. It's so uh, much fun. So we'll be yeah. talking about that. Hmm. Something smells good in my house. Um, <laughs> well, well, that's just great. <laughs> so the dinner's being cooked, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, before we get to all of that, Dan. Yes. Uh, I want to talk about the Pope's costume. And it is a costume. It's a costume. He dresses up to You couldn't call that an outfit. (laughs) And it's not a uniform because nobody else wears it. It's a costume. I mean, it's a a uniform of sorts, right? It's it's an ensemble. Is it a... It's his... um, I... Wow, what does this article even refer to his his whole outfit as? Anyway, um, he was recently in uh, Iraq. Uh, okay, and did you you heard about this right? And it got a lot of yeah. uh, media attention. Um, and one of the the fun things uh, was that uh, I guess it was a little windy uh, oh. in th- throughout the duration of his visit. And there are just wonderful, wonderful pictures, uh, so many of them, in fact, of his um, his his sort of the 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 the, the little thing, the 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 little. Um, it's called a pellegrina. It's like a cape. It's a little mini cape that's just on his shoulders. It's a capelet. Right? <laughs> it's it's like a big round disc, and his head f- sits through it, and it's just kind of on his shoulders and around. You know, yeah. you know the thing. It's it the, drapes. It, it drapes, drapes or, or him. Sure. Well, the there are so many pictures of it covering his face. <laughs> uh, it and there was a really great one where it looks like he's sprouted sort of wings. Um, oh. as, it, as it sort of lofts and lifts up billows, right, ar- over his shoulders and everything. That one actually is kind of a nice picture. But then there's another picture of him speaking to, uh, I guess it, this is actually a file photo. He was uh, speaking to Panamanian President Juan Carlos uh, Varela back uh-huh. in 2019. And it's like covering half his face and everything. Well, apparently this is a problem. Um, it, they don't popes. want a flying nun sort of scenario happening, <laughs> or just uh, a, a pope concealed by his own uh, wardrobe or whatever. Um, <laughs> so they uh, apparently the Pellegrina, which um, is a reference to uh, the 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 kind of the a similar little cape that pilgrims would wear christian pilgrims oh, would wear okay. a, a, a little disc around their fabric disc around their neck um i don't i don't know it's what this article says right <laughs> sure um i'm not an expert on such things um but the at some point 
the popes started wearing the same, you know, little disc yeah. robe thing. I'm gonna, I, you know, I just pulled up an image of it, and I'm gonna say that it looks like, you know, on Jurassic Park, the, the, the dinosaur that like <laughs> shoots its its little fins out of its head and like rattles them at you. Yeah, that's yeah. the Pope. He's yeah, terrifying. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and then he it, spits poison at you. Yeah, I believe it. Um, I mean, the the doctrine he's espousing is poison enough. Is he, yeah, suppose. exactly. Um, but anyway, he um, the, there's been an evolution of the Pellegrina through the, the decades. Uh, it used to be a heavy fabric. Sure. And it would just, it would just stay put, right? Uh. But the, the people who make his, his costume have been trending toward lighter and lighter and lighter fabric, and now we have a problem, and the, they need a solution. And so... <laughs> Rather than just going to another fabric that would uh, lay better, um, they are um, going to use Velcro. They're, they've decided. There you go. Once it's a natural. All, That's an easy, gonna... easy choice right there. <laughs> just as a, as a veteran he... of the theater, I can tell you that Velcro solves uh, just a myriad of, uh, yeah, of, of but... wardrobe woes. Yeah, but like... Like for, for the, it's just there's something undignified <laughs> about the noise that Velcro makes, yeah. right? When when you when you tear it apart, um, you you don't imagine the Pope when he's undressing. You just hear <laughs> big long strips of Velcro. Oh no! Right? Uh, here's my prediction. You ready? Not only will he get used to that sound. But it will it will be so quick and easy. He'll want it on as the closure for all of his things, so he can just quick change, mm. just whip that oh. shit right off. Yeah, and he's done. Yeah, just one no. tear, and he's out of there. He's yeah. into his club outfit. Well, and you know, Benedict famously had his Prada shoes. Maybe he'll have, Francis will just do Velcro. There you go. Sneakers, I think it's all Velcro right? all the time now. <laughs> it's it's the holy hook and eye. Uh. Uh, I love it. Uh, I, the pictures, though, look them up, guys. Yeah, the pictures are really, really amazing. If Frank gets really uh, wardrobe really malfunctions, he'll he'll post some some uh, some links in the show notes. But you know, yeah, I would never make that promise ever, Dan. I did. It, I make a promise. It, I just said <laughs> if you feel precocious. I made no promise. <laughs> You suggest that maybe I ever put anything in the show I'm not, notes. I'm not for hinting it. that you're a precocious person by nature. I'm just saying <laughs> if that were to happen, that might show up. I don't know. Check the show notes every now and then. Who knows what you're going to put in there? You're I promising don't. something that's never going to happen. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think we need to be clear about that. I'm just trying to apply some pressure to actually be a real podcast is what I'm trying to do. But it's not going to happen, so that's fine. Show notes. Show yeah. notes. All right, fine. 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 <laughs> okay, I'm going to do a story. Uh, so there's a woman who has risen to a, a pretty high degree of prominence within the uh, Southern Baptist movement. Uh, this is a woman named Beth Moore. Now, we have maybe heard about her every so often she came up at one point because she has 
when when Donald Trump started to uh, look like he might be getting into power, she spoke out against him. Oh, she was the she was like the solitary voice of reason in a sea of crazy, and she pointed out things like um, this man is very clearly a horrible womanizer and probably by his own admission a a a a, a man who sexually assaults women yeah so yeah. that would be not in keeping with the ideals and uh the the theoretical morals of the southern baptists mm. and she actually said that leading oh to at least one uh Southern Baptist leader telling her to quote go home. I remember that. Unbelievable. Uh so she you know she was kind of that lone voice for a long time and as as you may have noticed uh the voice of reason did not prevail in in and among the Southern Baptists during the no. time of the Trump era. Yeah, indeed. So uh apparently this woman Beth Moore, who, uh, you know, she was a Bible teacher, even though she also upheld the notion that women shouldn't run the church. She was she still had a ministry. She was a Bible teacher. She had a big show. Uh, she has she has left the Southern Baptists. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. She still considers herself a Baptist. So, like, you it's know. It's not it's not exactly a lateral move, but it's like a, a little sidestep, I guess. Yeah. No, but, but it's like a, it's a pretty big deal. Here's here is somebody who has the courage of her convictions. Yeah. And and actually has a backbone and it's real a, standards. It's something I've grown to become I've become shocked by it. Like whenever <laughs> I see someone on the right and even people on the left, whenever I see someone who actually has the courage of their convictions in a way that, like, has any integrity at all, I'm always, uh, lately in these United States, I've, uh, I've been a little bit like, wow, that's, yeah. that's new. <laughs> Our own governor shocked me. That, did you see the thing today in the, in the Salt Lake Tribune? Anyway. Yeah, like, I did, actually. Every now and then, somebody actually, like, Stands up and goes, um, you guys, this is not okay. Yeah. And, and just that tiny, bare minimum gesture yeah. is now like, holy shit. Yeah. Wow. That is unusual. Yeah. Just, just the Republican, the governor said, is this the thing you're referencing? That the Republican party has to stand for something more than just owning the libs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, literally, <laughs> it's such the bare minimum. But but he actually like said a whole bunch of stuff about yeah. how uh, how how you know the GOP kind of needs to have you know policy ideas beyond mm -hmm. just obstructionism and stuff. Yeah. It was it was kind of shocking. And he also like said some cool things about, I mean, interesting stuff about trans kids. So yeah. I don't know what beat I I don't have a beat on him yet, but anyway, uh, yeah. So this lady left Southern Baptists, and uh, I hmm. I don't know what that means for her. I don't actually understand the relationship of Southern Baptists and just Baptists, but uh, but she can no longer identify with Southern Baptists, and 
that to me seems like a pretty big deal. Yeah. Great. Especially cool. since they were her like entire source of income. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to be talking and about more the of these people too. And that that's the problem and that that there it is right yeah. there, right? The, it is what keeps so many of these pastors um you know connected to horrible um political ideology that, that that's running in, in in our country because they don't want to give up their income yeah and they recognize the position that just going along with it uh lets them hold on to anyway dan yeah we have been following this story uh for as long as it's been going on here on the podcast. Okay. Um, and that's the ongoing attempts and efforts by one Mr. Uh, Jerry Sexton, uh, uh, rep- representative in the Tennessee um, legislature, uh-huh. um, who is once again trying to get uh, the Bible named Tennessee's state book. Yes. Um, when is it, it going to happen? <laughs> God damn it. It well, back in 2015, it seemed like it was going to. It passed it the legislature, but then the the governor at the time uh vetoed it. Ugh. Right? Blocking the the Bible from becoming Tennessee's state book. Oh, um, man. and then um Jerry Sexton, he waited he kind of waited around. Maybe he waited for that governor to leave office i'm not sure why he waited five years but last year he introduced the bill again um but the um the the lawmakers never ended up voting on it never it never went to a vote hmm. um and then this year he's trying again and it's uh in committee at the moment so okay. who knows well, we're gonna have to pay close attention because this is this is just such an important story Yes. Um, he, uh, let's see, he says in the resolution that he is uh, trying to get passed that the Holy Bible has great historical and cultural significance in the state of Tennessee <laughs> as a record of the history of Tennessee families that predates some modern vital statistical records. Okay. <laughs> that may, that may be true. Yeah. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean it needs to be the state's book. Right. Uh, let's see. What else does he have to say? Um, let's see if this makes us want it to be the, the state book. He says that many Tennesseans before the 20th century did not keep comprehensive records of births, births, uh, marriages or deaths, and instead recorded their vital records in family Bibles that were passed down through generations. Yep. Nope. Doesn't convince me. No. Also... He says that several Bible pub- Bible publishers are headquartered in Nashville. Well, okay, great. Yeah, maybe that's, yeah, th- that one got me. <laughs> State book. You've been, State book. It's such been a convinced? ludicrous. Yeah, no. Of course I, fe- not. I feel like uh, they're really, they, what about Elvis and Me by Priscilla Presley? What about that as your state book? <laughs> that, that takes place in Tennessee. What about yeah. that? Have you read it? Oh, it's a page turner. I'll tell you what. No, I didn't didn't know you were such an Elvis fan. uh, I'm a Tennessee fan. I've read every book about Tennessee. (laughs) John Grisham's The Firm, Tennessee. That yeah, that's a good book. That's a good book. So did you uh, read it? 
No. Not only a good movie, it's also a good book. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that uh <laughs> that that uh was that was that who was in that? That was uh That was Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise. That's right. And Gene Triplehorn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're a regular IMDb over here. How yeah, and I just like the name Gene Triplehorn. Well, who doesn't? It's a like, likable name. <laughs> Not even so much a fan of her. I just like the name. Yeah. Well done. There you go. Well done, parents. Good pull. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I. Uh, so so we'll we'll keep tra- tabs on that. Uh, it may be that the Gideons are. Uh, <laughs> I I I, I are think. Giddy? I think he that that legislator is probably he probably owes Big Bible. He's probably he's probably his 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 <laughs> one fi- of those publishers. Are, financed by the Gideons. He's bought and sold to Big Bible. All right. uh, I'm going to talk about yet another interesting uh, person willing to have at least some degree of integrity. Mm. We've already talked a little bit about him. This is Jeremiah Johnson, the self-styled evangelical prophet who unabashedly was one of the ones, one of the many who prophesied that Donald Trump would be reelected as mm. president. Yeah. But of all of those just dozens of self-styled prophets who were certain that God had told them that Donald Trump would be president again. Right. He was the one who said, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> which, which is a pretty shocking thing. Uh, that's, that's not how you profit. I'm, no. I just got. I've got news for him. Yeah, I thought that's not the right way to do this. That's, you have to double down and then double down again and just right. keep going. You can't. Yeah. You can never show any weakness. Well, you double down once and then you never mention it again. <laughs> then you just pretend like it never happened. You literally just put it out of your mind forever. In a digital era, though, Dan. People will it's always tricky, be and it I, you know, I think he might have made a good choice on that point. Point, but boy, did the rest of the evangelical world come down on him like a <gasps> ton of bricks! Shut up, really? Oh yeah, <sighs> he he made the announcement. He started a uh, he started a YouTube series, which he called "I Was Wrong." What? And then, like m- partway through it, he just disappeared. Because, and I think it was because everybody came down on him like like crazy. What? That's so weird. He uh, has, so, has he like is he okay? Do we know that he's okay? Do you or mean, has he been disappeared? Here he done disappeared his Is he sleeping with the fishes? Because here's what he's what he's done is completely dismantled his ministry. What? Uh, yeah, he uh, he has. He, well, it turns out what he's doing is rebranding. Uh, but he but he has taken down. I mean, he lost so many followers, hmm. and he has taken down all of the websites associated with him with with the Jeremiah Johnson ministry. All of the social like the like he says he's going to take down all of the social media uh, the surrounding it. And he's putting up, uh, and he's starting a new ministry that's not going to be prophetic, I think, because he seems to have learned that lesson. Hmm. But he's uh, he's his, his new ministry is going to be called Alter Global, 
Like A L T A R, not of course. He's not going to alter the globe, uh, <laughs> although he should. I think that would be funny. He could be a flat Earth guy. <laughs> anyway, he's uh, he's uh, going to quote, help prepare the bride of Christ. I guess that's the Earth for the return of our glorious bridegroom, King Jesus. I which think it's the Church is the bride. It just bride. sounds so weird. Yeah, that's, you're that is our weird. glorious bride. Frankly, my my friend, uh, it sounds like you're into gay marriage, which I'm down with, but I don't think you're down with that. But there you go. <laughs> well, it's not gay if it's Jesus. <laughs> yes, it is. No. Oh, are you saying that he's uh, trans? That Jesus is? No. Right? I, is I'm Jesus just, they you know, them? Just non-binary? It quite possibly. I don't know, but I'm just saying. That would make a lot of sense. I'm just saying, you I, know, the the whole no homo thing, right? The oh, right, yeah. <laughs> it's not gay if it's, it's not gay. Yeah, it's it's our it's our bridegroom, King <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's not gay. What's gay about that? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, there you go. God. All right, Dan. Yeah. This, uh, we were actually alerted to this story by a listener. Um, oh. I don't have his name at the ready. Um, oh, you actually shoot. reminded me of the fact that we got an email about this. Um, it just hit, been it thinking, hit my list so hard. I want it was uh, Tim. Tim. Thank you, listener Tim. Listener Tim. Thank you, Tim. Um, yeah, we've got, um, some, some news, everybody. Some oh, sad rough. news. Brace yourselves. Sad news, Dan. Um, the, the, the Com- Hill Camorra pageant, uh, that was held in upstate New York <laughs> annually, uh, by the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, the Mormons. um, they, uh, <laughs> this is, they have canceled it. Oh, it's, it's done, I mean, been and not canceled. just for COVID, but forever. Yeah. Well, we knew that it, that, that, um, it was going to stop. It was um, slated to be to yeah. be uh, uh, back ended. in uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, the prophet, um, what Rusty Nelson, yeah. um, who is just a big stick in the mud. He doesn't like anything fun. <laughs> such right? a curmudgeon. Like, he's he such just a grump. Really doesn't. And so on his watch, he's just making sure that whatever is left that's fun in <laughs> the Mormon Church is just done no get I think, rid of it i think a lot of it is anything that he feels embarrassed by he's getting rid of you think so and i think he is rightly embarrassed <laughs> by by the by pageants this, because the thing pageants, is look, he ended all the pa- all the mormon pageants there was the one down in manti yeah that he manti, ended utah yeah which I went to a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'm jealous. I would have loved to have seen it. It's so bad, you guys. I like let me just describe for you this event. Which I I assume the Hill Camorra is basically the same. This except bigger. I think the Hill Camorra pageant's even bigger. Mm-hmm. And what they would do for the Hill Camorra pageant is Mormons from all over the country, mostly Utah, because that's where they mostly are. <laughs> Probably a lot of people from Southern California, Dan. (laughs) They would travel to upstate New York where uh, the Hill Camorra is. This is a hill (laughs) upon which uh, Joseph Smith theoretically 
found buried inside the treasure that is the golden plates from which he translated the Book of Mormon. And not just found, Dan, led there by oh, yeah. a white salamander, depending uh, on whose you liar. version. Liar! <laughs> we'll talk about that later. No, by, it the, wasn't. by the angel Moroni, right? Isn't that by who? an angel, that's right. Yeah. So anyway, they have this big big pageant and all of these families these mormon families you know with five or seven children all hot pile into the you know the whatever 15 passenger van that they have to have and they go to upstate new york and for they go there for one week and in like in a week and a half they cast this this giant pageant yeah from this group of volunteers that go up there yeah. They just basically grab like, okay, who's like 42? Come over here. You. I don't know. All of you. Audition for the role of Moroni. And then they cast the thing. They kind of choreograph everybody and tell everybody where to go. And then they just have this this playback, which is just sort of, you know, a, a narrator telling you, and then they went to the place with the things and blah, blah, blah. And and then other act, voice actors have, have voiced the roles of all of these different characters. Yeah. So then whoever's quote unquote playing that character stands in their position and lights come on them. And then they, they sort of they move their arms yeah. more wildly than they should so that people know for sure that it's them talking. And, Histrionics, uh, literally. Yeah, it's delightful. Yeah. Uh, yep. There's, there's fire. There's you know, there's all kinds. Of, there's pyrotechnics. It's, oh, I wish we could have seen it, but alas, I know. So, due to COVID, the the grand finale year, which was supposed to be this year, mm. is canceled, and they will never do it again. They have announced that the last <laughs> year that that it happened, 2019, summer 2019. Uh, was uh, the actual last year of oh. the pageant, and oh. nobody, none of, none of, like this. Oh my God, Dan! What a wonderful tradition. Well, yeah, I mean, pageants. It's, Why don't we do pageants anymore, Dan? We do. We just call them drag shows now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, then it needs these drag shows need to be on a larger scale. Because yeah. what I want is like <laughs> that experience of being in an outdoor amphitheater and a big giant stage. And we've seen a pageant before, right? You and I, we yeah. in, in in Arkansas. We oh went to yeah, the, we uh, saw a good one. The the, the passion play in in uh, Eureka Springs, Arkansas. That one continues. That one's still going. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> if you're in the area. Check it out. Go check it, it out. It's it, terrible. <laughs> Do what we did. Buy, buy a soda and pour as much alcohol into yeah. it as you can. <laughs> Get pretty uh, liquored up. Get pretty toasty. Well, the, the, we, there were some listeners that actually met up with us, and they yeah. got really toasty. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was so much fun. Go and see <laughs> Squat Necked Jesus. He's a, it's a giant. Uh, anyway. Yeah, anyway. A lot yeah. of fun. A lot of fun. No more pageants. But I love this idea of having like a, a new a pageant for the for a new age. This yeah. has to happen. Oh, I need this. If only we were good organizers, we could make it happen. Yeah. But oh, no. wouldn't that be amazing? Like offer the people of Manti a new pageant. 
<laughs> the TGIA take on what on on Mormonism. Okay, I don't think I don't think they'll go for it. Frank? We'll find we'll find a town. We'll find a little town we'll somewhere <laughs> to that invade. we can do a a, a, a giant uh, <laughs> pageant featuring oh. as many drag queens as we can possibly. And literally uh, every listener to our show that we can that we can drag out to it. <laughs> You're all going to be in it. I hope you enjoy. <laughs> we'll take it on the road too. It'll be great. Oh. Uh, finally, I am going to talk about a new study uh, that was done in Canada. Uh, here's the thing: hmm. there have been a bunch of studies done relating uh, regular church attendance with somewhat slightly better health. Apparently, oh. people who are regular attenders of church uh, are are le are less likely to smoke and less likely to drink to excess, and ah. et cetera, okay. and are therefore frequently uh, in better health than ah. those uh, who don't regularly attend services. And so that led a lot of people to conclude that uh, believers are, in general... Uh, slightly healthier than non-believers. Oh, but indeed, that's not what these the, what what all of these studies were saying. These were comparing believers who went to church to believers who didn't go to church, and oh. so atheists were kind of left out of the equation or just thrown in in a weird way. Um, so a Canadian uh, scientist decided to take a look at it and say, you know, are atheists less less healthy than uh, church-attending believers? Well, it turns out, in a study called God, Godless in the Great White North, uh, not <laughs> adding A, which I think is a mistake, uh, that uh, it turns out that no, when you compare the, the health outcomes of, uh, of those two groups, the... the, the church attending believers and we the atheists they're really about the same real that's disappointing we, you wanted you wanted us to be significantly to be, better yes i want i i i need i need reasons more reasons to feel superior right <laughs> to uh to, i don't to think believers. you of all people need any more reasons to feel superior oh, shush <laughs> shush dan um no well you were saying i was like well and I'm, I was imagining that the, that the news was that we as a group are healthier. And I was like, well, why would that be? Why would people who, who listen to science, like have better <laughs> right. health, health outcomes? Why, why would that be? Right. Um, yeah. and so, but that's, that's great news. That's good news. Yeah. It, right. The, the one the, thing that, that, that actually the one place where, uh, this study found, atheists had a, a deficiency oh. was in uh, their social support networks, which <sighs> we've known for a long time yeah. that like that's one thing church does great is yeah. create a social support network for their for their people. Yeah. So that kind of is where is where you might have an advantage, except that that doesn't seem to be playing out as something that gives them an actual health advantage, even emotional and mental health. Uh, hmm. And I think that you're right. The advantage that we have is that we actually believe the science. Yeah. Like, we can't go running to God when we feel bad. Right. So we run to the doctor. Yeah. Which, 
is probably a little better. Hmm. Yeah. So probably. yeah, I mean, uh, uh, and if if nothing else, it helps even out uh, whatever social benefits they're getting, right? And yeah, so, like, but yeah, I mean, it seems we, to. we have to we have to solve this problem of like the sort of social deficiency within our community. Like, it's an I don't issue. know how to, I don't know how to. Somebody needs to innovate on this and and come up with like some sort of just peer to peer aid you know type Network. thing yeah where it's just like you know there's somebody there like you you you, you know like like in in your mormon ward right yeah if right. uh if and i remember this my mom actually when i was about eight or nine um she had a bad gallbladder thing happen and had to have it removed and so she was in the hospital for a minute right um yeah there was not a meal missed at the feldman household Right, no. the 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 ward made sure of it, and there were women cooking double dinners and bringing us dinner every night that my yeah. mom was was out. Right, like all of our needs were taken care of. Um, yeah, and that's the kind of thing that 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 religious communities tend to do really well is that that just yeah. jumping in um, and and helping out and. We, we don't do it systematically, right? Like I know so many good non-believers who are so kind and generous, right? But we don't have a system to organize ourselves around that. It's what Frank is saying, ladies and gentlemen, is that if you are an app developer who has a lot of free time, <laughs> contact us. We're going to create the TGIA Everybody Support Everybody app. So, uh, so yeah, let us know. I'm actually not kidding. If you are an app developer and you have some free time, hit us up. We'll we'll work together. We'll figure something yeah, out. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, listen, if you uh, if you have anything to, that you'd like to say about this or any of our stories, you can feel free to write into us. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Stick around. There's more show coming up. Hey, Dan. Hey. Oh, praise be, Dan. <laughs> Pat Robertson's still alive. It's a patty break. <laughs> he's a uh, he's slower, but he's not dead yet. <laughs> And he's got oh. something to say, Dan. God so, bless him. Is this, yeah, is this, he, uh, <laughs> he, what, what, what is he talking about? Well, oh, he the was, problem is the clip you sent me, it, I don't know if it was queued up wrong or right, but every single thing he said in like the three or four segments that I listened to was amazing. So yeah, <laughs> it's hard to go wrong with him. Oh, oh yeah. This one, this one, uh, somebody's, somebody has called in with a question about their baby. And he has some shit to say about it. I love this. (laughs) All right, here's the caller, Lisa from Fallen, Nevada. My question is regarding demon possession. Can babies be possessed? And if so, does the age of accountability come into play for salvation? Uh, You asked me what the age of accountability. Can can babies be possessed? And if so, does the age of accountability come into play for salvation? Well, uh, the age of accountability has to do with at the point you know what, what right from wrong, and that normally doesn't take a place till you're old enough to understand something's wrong. 
So the age of accountability can be five, it can be six, it can be four, it can be three. But uh, can a baby be demon-possessed? Uh, I, I just believe if, if, if that child is born to a family of devil worshipers, there's a real possibility that, that the, the, the devil will think that he has a, a claim over that child. I mean, it, it's horrible to contemplate, but uh, I don't think that they are protected in some fashion uh, from uh, what's, I mean, a generational curse. But normally a little, a little baby, as I say, there's no such thing as, as, a, as a sinful baby because a baby doesn't ever know he or she is doing anything wrong. So they're free from the law, but not necessarily free from the influence of Satan. All right. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I mean, truthfully, I believe all babies are possessed. Uh, <laughs> a lot of them certainly are. <laughs> oh, what was going on in that household that that mother called in? <laughs> what was she experiencing yeah. with her baby that she's like, wait, That's could this be the devil? <laughs> <laughs> is that what's happening? Is, the, is there a demon in my baby? <sighs> and then, for, oh, what is that shit about? Like in a, in a house of devil worship? Yeah, that he goes straight there. Oh, oh, yeah, well, that's how God. it would happen, right? Yeah, and she's I mean, there. I figure <laughs> devil probably thinks he owns a few of them babies, so <laughs> it's just going to happen. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> well, it's likely that she's also calling about, like, her grandbaby, right? Oh, and now she's yeah. like, what? What's going on? <gasps> Is my that son house? a devil worshiper? <gasps> <laughs> They do like the color black too much. <laughs> he painted his nails that one time. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Lord, Pat. Oh, uh, yeah, indeed. He is 122 years old. Did you know that? That's wow. a fact. That is a, that is a fact. That's, he's, he's looking good for 122. He looks great for 122. <laughs> he yeah, looks he terrible for whatever age he really is. Yeah. Wait, he, well, he's just... <laughs> He looks like he's receding into his own skin. Right. Yeah. He's just, he has just, he has begun the grand recession. <laughs> All right. Well, we had some folks write into us, call into us. Uh, we got some, some, some correspondence to get through. So let's, let's check in. Andrew from Birmingham, Alabama, uh, heard our story about the Satan Alabama license plate that was recently approved uh, and said, uh, your mention of the Satan Alabama plate reminded me of a plate that was well known in my circles in the past. One of the plate designs available in Alabama is for the University of Alabama, whose emblem is a large white A on a red field. There was a vanity plate going around that read Theist, but it oh. was using the white A plate design, and lo and behold, it appeared to spell out atheist. Clever. I never knew if it was clever a clever atheist uh, who owned that plate or a clueless theist. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure which one I like more. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's fun. That's fun. You Yeah, use their own, use their, their schools against them. That's what I always say. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hassan wrote into us. Now this is, this one was interesting to me. Uh, we had been talking, you and I, Frank, about, uh, Muslims and whether or not they could, uh, and, and sort of their, their prohibition of, on images. Mm. Uh, and Hassan writes, I'm a longtime listener and I think I can clear up 
the Muslim and the picture stuff you were discussing. Hmm. Yes, Muslims don't like pictures. It's against our religious beliefs. Even in Mecca and Medina, uh, it is used. It used to be frowned on to take pictures, but. Hmm. With everything on social media and everyone having smartphones, the rules have changed with time. Mm. There are still some who don't like pics being taken. I've had people come to my home and take down our family pics off the walls just because. How dare they? Uh, the, yeah, I know, right? A little bit of cheek there. Um, there there's a group known as Dawat Islami uh, that, used, that used to hate TV, calling it the devil's box. And now, oh, wow. and this is such an obvious, of course, they have their own TV channel called the Modney Channel. <laughs> their founder, Elias Kadri, uh, can be seen 24 hours on it being a, oh, uh, being absolutely cringe, etc. So I guess with time, these things changed, but there are still some nutcases everywhere. Mm. So thanks for that. Uh, we have a, a voicemail, do we not? We do indeed. Um, a, uh, a, a this is a listener who wants our take on something. Um, yeah, so we let, let's just listen to it. Do they want the hot take or just the regular? Take? <laughs> we'll go regular. Both. Okay, we'll go both. Here's here's the the voicemail. Hey, Sky here, a new listener. I just had something interesting that I was wondering if you guys could talk about um i recently got into an argument with one of my christian friends over the so-called hate that they've been getting and how they've been abused for being a christian in today's society where everyone hates god um and said that atheists do not get any persecution in today's society and i was just wondering what your take was on christians believing that they are more persecuted than any other religion thank you have a great day well, isn't that cute? Yeah. Yeah. It's it, also, uh, I don't, uh, as an addendum to that, I don't know if you guys know this, white people are the most oppressed of all of the races in America. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if you know that. Uh, it's, well, it's, it's interesting times we live in, for oh, sure. Oh, man. And they're convinced of this shit, too. These yeah. people are just fully convinced that, like, America as a country is oppressive to 70% of the people who live in it. <laughs> I don't know how that math works out, but it's true. Oh, I know. It's, Meanwhile, uh, yeah, nothing it, it, uh, bad has ever happened to an atheist on, on these shores ever. It's, uh, uh, it, it, it's an impossibility. Yeah. I love it. They're more persecuted than thou, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's look, and of course it is, they, of course, uh, oh, God, it's part of their narrative. They need yeah. that persecution. Otherwise, they're not, you know, they're it's 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 yeah. I mean, Christian persecution has been part of the Christian uh, persona yeah. since five days after Jesus died. I mean, it's just kind of how they operate. Well, and it like it, the bar for persecution is also set incredibly low right right like you can't say anything no the, the, you, there's, there can be no criticism there can be no anything you know well it's the, not uh, just uh, there can be no criticism if you say christians have been racists before in the world oh, facts yeah if you spout facts at them they're <laughs> persecuted you are yeah. persecuting them yeah if you say no the thing that you just said 
that's a racist thing, you're trampling on my beliefs. Yeah. If you say you're being a bigot when they won't sell a cake to a gay couple, mm-hmm. that's religious intolerance. You're that, that, I have First Amendment rights. Yeah. And all it takes so, is uh, just those little things and they're persecuted. But for yeah. other groups that may have, oh, I don't know, employment or housing discrimination that actually ends up happening against them, right? Right. In this country, not even specifically atheists, I guess. But, you know, um, it, that's not in any way, shape or form, you know, right? persecution. Persecution looks like it's it, what they're talking about when they say persecution is tiny little losses of privilege. Yes. <laughs> and what we're talking about when we say persecution is, let me see how to phrase this, persecution. Right. Yep. So they're talking about two different things. Yep. All right. Uh, this is from Scott who says, hey, Frank and Dan, this is Scott from Memphis. Mm. I'm writing to tell you about my experiences with Bethany Christian Services. Now, we talked about oh. this, how this is, this is the... Uh, the adoption services that uh, yeah. have decided that they're going to allow gay couples to adopt. Right, yeah. And we were hailing this as, at very least, good news. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Scott goes on, Shortly after getting married in 2014, my wife and I decided to start a family. We cannot conceive on our own, so we locked, looked into adoption. We soon found that there are exactly zero adoption agencies in the area that will ex- that will adopt to non-Christian families. Oh, wow. I hadn't even thought of this. I'm all like, yay, they're going to do gay people. Oh, wait. They can do not... They can discriminate against anyone who isn't Christian? That's insane. So, wait. Anyway, are they, so, these gay people have to be Christian? Apparently. Oh, I, I don't know God. how that works. Anyway, uh, Scott goes on. We discussed the level of dishonesty we were comfortable with uh, if we were to try to work with one of the Christian agencies and decided that we couldn't lie about our faith because that would also be a lie to the birth mother, which we didn't want to Uh, do. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So we joined a local Unitarian Universalist church and signed up for the introductory meeting with Bethany, hoping that 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 would be good enough. Prior to the meeting, my wife sent an email to the organizer asking if... Unitarian Universalism is, quote, Christian enough. At the meeting, the organizer (laughs) specifically referenced my wife's email when talking about their requirements for working with them and made it perfectly clear that we needed to be part of a Christian church and that the UU wasn't going to cut it. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) I mean, we all see through the UUs, right? Like everyone does. Yeah, but I mean, it was your mistake for putting that in that email you should have just said we go (laughs) to church anyway obviously scott says obviously we did not go on uh with go forward with bethany as our adoption agency and went to a national agency instead but we did end up using bethany to do our home study because it was a convenient funny story while they didn't require us to be christian to do the home study the woman that did our study did want to make damn sure there wasn't any porn in the house Oh my god. I had god. no problem lying to her about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so while I am glad that it, Bethany is no longer discriminating against LGBTQ folks, I am not ready to give them any praise until they are no longer discriminating against anyone. 
this has been the only tangible bigotry I've experienced as an atheist, hmm. and it has made me very angry and hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. I get it. That's, uh, there you go. Uh, but don't worry, uh, Scott, in case you're wondering, we're not the oppressed ones. Yeah. It's, uh, it's those them. poor Christians. Those poor Christians. Those poor Christians. Well, listen. Oh, what they uh, put up with. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, uh, a few people in the world have decided not to oppress us, but rather to show us some gratitude for this show that we do. And, uh, and I want to thank them. Yes. So, Indeed, uh, Dan. I, I'm going to start by saying that one, the easiest and least expensive way for you to show your support for us is to throw five stars at us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and maybe write a nice review of the show. Yeah. Uh, we had a few people do that this week. For instance, uh, this one's from Drock320 here in these United States who says, Great show, five stars. Nice. A fun, judgment-free, informative show of non-worship that doesn't even ask for 10% of your income. <laughs> 11 out of 10 smart people recommend. <laughs> I like awesome. that. Uh, I... I think some might quibble about the judgment-free thing. Uh, we, we can be a little judgy at times, but we try not to be. Uh, anyway, we don't ask for 10% of your income, but if you have a little bit of, a little bit of cash standing by uh, that yeah. you're willing to throw our way, we certainly welcome it. And some people have decided to open up their purses and be quite generous with us this week. Yes, indeed, Dan. Um, we had a really a, a bunch of people uh, sign up on Patreon. Um, we have two new deacons. Uh, we have Dr. Terry. And in the karaoke system, the people are represented by two parties. The songs and the karaoke legends who sing them. Dun dun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, li I liked your dun dun. That was good. Dun dun. All right. Um, so thank you very much. Thank you um, both. That was one person. That whole that was yeah karaoke. And then, thing. Uh, we'll call you karaoke for we'll call you Carrie for short. Absolutely. Uh, we have two new teachers. We have Jack and Lawton. Um, we have a new elder by the name of Donna. Donna. Amazing. Donna, the, thank you. Being a, 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 a Melchizedek priesthood. Yeah, Donna's holder. above the line, uh, as they would say in the movie business. She's now in the Melchizedek priesthood <laughs> land. That's the she she can give us blessings, kids. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we have a new uh, I guess prophet seer and revelator. Whoa um, by the name of the land of hate and money. So Holy thank you. Very much. Amazing. And Blessings. Dan, I, I like, you know, follow the prophet is an important uh, <laughs> part of our religion. So that's amazing. Thank you for being a prophet. And then, Dan, we yeah. have to say thanks to Davis for being uh, our Lord and Savior for a very long time. <gasps> our Lord and Savior's been dethroned? We have a new one, Dan. Our new Lord and Savior, Austin. Oh man! <laughs> Everybody, we all got ourselves and we got us a new God, y'all. Austin. All Amazing. right. Well, that's exciting. Thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, you mean so much to us, and uh, we can't do it without you. Yes. Uh, 
if you want to be one of the one of the chosen elect few, you can go to thankgodimatheist.com, click on the support tab, and uh, and join these amazing people in their quest to give us their money. <laughs> Dan. Hello. Television. <laughs> it's it's it, the only thing we have it's, this this whole year, Dan. It's all the rage. TV. <laughs> so I've much TV. All of it. I have <laughs> I've finished TV and have moved on to rewatching all of the movies now. Oh wow. Good for you. It's hmm. just it, yeah, the, when you're when you're stuck at home when there's when there, there's no out to go to, yeah, you watch a lot of TV. And right now, the number two thing on Netflix, Crazy. at least I, I think in at least in the United States, yeah, is about my our hometown. It's really weird. It's a it it's murder among the Mormons. Yeah, it is a a sort of true true crime documentary in three parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was uh, directed by Jared Hess of uh, of Napoleon Dynamite uh, fame. Napoleon Dynamite fame, uh-huh. and then Tyler Meesum, who we've had on the show. Yeah, uh, and uh, who did an Honest Liar, which yes, was a exactly. which was a nice little documentary. Yeah, about uh, uh, the amazing Randy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this one is about a thing that happened in the in the early '80s here in Utah. Yeah, and it. Uh, it involves a, a figure that uh, uh, I don't even know how to describe him. Mark Hoffman. Yeah. Whose name, anyone my age, that name, or, or a little bit older, that name will definitely, uh, they'll know here in Salt Lake. But this episode seems to have been forgotten by by younger generations. They don't know about this. So oh, really? A lot of people who are like, I've never heard of it. Well, probably, excuse me, what? Like bombs going off in Salt Lake City in the 80s? Yeah. Like, yeah. no. That there, was a, there was multiple bombings. <laughs> the, the city was in terror, literally yeah. in terror, as people were getting blown up. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Huh. I remember, I remember, I mean, it was one of those things I didn't have, you know, I was pretty young, so I didn't have a lot of f- a framework for it. I sure. didn't have any way to understand it really, but I definitely remember hearing the news that there were bombs oh in, in Salt Lake. Yeah. And then like, yeah. And like, it's like, I asked, I asked, uh, you know, Dave, my husband, um, uh-huh. if he remembered it, he's like, no. I'm like, what? I'm like, how do you not remember it? And he's he, a little younger than we are, though, isn't he? A year. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. So, and, and at that age, I guess a year can make a big difference. But like, um, yeah, he was, I was just like, I thought this would be like everything in this entire valley would just be like fixated to a level yeah. that even a child would be very, very, very aware People of People were on pretty high alert. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, I can see parents might want to want, might want to sh- shield their kids from that mm, sort of thing yeah, or whatever. Okay. That's, that's quite true. I, I will say this, you know, my parents were both Mormon historians and that's the key element of this thing that makes it super weird is that uh, the guy who turned out to be the bomber, 
There was a, there were there were bombshells dropped before actual bombs in the form of a series of documents that mm. were surfacing. Yeah. About more from Mormon history. Right. The earliest it, days of, of Mormon history, right? Like in, the, the 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 Joseph Smith being led to the gold plates type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we alluded to it earlier in the show. Like there's this so the the biggest bombshell document of these was one that it came to be called the salamander, the white salamander letter. Yeah. And it was a letter. I think it was supposedly by, it was meant to be by uh, Martin Harris, who was an early, uh, mm -hmm. who, who helped Joseph Smith with from the, the translation, beginning. right? Yeah, Wasn't he, he helped the him scribe? translate. Yeah. Yeah. The, the book of Mormon, Joseph, in case you need to know this, Joseph Smith didn't actually translate the Book of Mormon. He just wrote it. <laughs> there were no golden plates. It was all made up. Right. But but he acted like he was doing up to something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Martin Harris believed it, or said he did anyway. Yeah. yeah. And this document, this uh, this white salamander letter, written ostensibly in Harris's handwriting, and ostensibly, you know, and everything was authenticated to be the right era and the you know it was mm -hmm. it was all you know people read it and 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 tested it and they found it to be legitimate and it 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 contradicted joseph smith's original story yeah in that instead of an angel telling joseph where the golden plates were he was led by a white salamander yeah to to the the place where the the plates were now this doesn't change any doctrine it doesn't do anything mm -mm. Yeah. you know what i mean like it it it's not a from an outside perspective it wouldn't be that big of a deal the the mormon history well, is already littered with, with goofball being really weird but it's very different for somebody to say an angel led me to x yeah versus a white salamander <laughs> right. led me to it because it, it, it because the one is like steeped in Christianity or in Christian tradition, right? And the other one is like this weird like backwoods magic stuff, yeah, right? Like it's like what is what is this? Yeah, and, but weird backwoods magic that was in keeping mm -hmm. with Joseph Smith's mo, yeah. So the yeah. big deal was that the church paid. A, a, a tidy sum for this document yeah. in order to squirrel it away and never let anyone see it. Like that was <laughs> right. their express purpose because they didn't, they didn't like the light that it shed on the church. Right. So when it came out that this was a forgery by an amazing forger, yeah. they all heaved a sigh of relief and went, Oh yes, 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 yes. It was a, it was a forgery. Not that that's a really easy sigh of relief to heave, because these, the, these were people at the very, very top of the church, well, these just, which meant that they're yeah. supposed to have magic discernment power. Right. Exactly. And it, I mean, the whole they're episode is is pretty damning uh, to people like Gordon B. Hinckley, for example, because he was kind yeah. of the face of let's buy this stuff up and squirrel it away. Um, yeah. And yeah. So where was his prophet powers? So. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was a prophet of the church. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, yeah, the whole thing is very interesting to me. I, what's really amazing is that 
Had he not gotten into the bombing business, <laughs> Mark Hoffman's plan was to then use his ability to uh, to forge these things, use that white salamander document mm-hmm. as as a, a sort of comparison point, mm-hmm. and then forge in Martin Harris's handwriting mm-hmm. the missing segment of the Book of Mormon. Right. Now, if you guys know about Mormon history or if you've seen the South Park episode about it, <laughs> dum, dum, you'll dum, know dum. that there was, a, there was a moment in Mormon history that is possibly the most brilliant thing that's ever happened, which is that Martin Harris had been taking down, had been, he was just the scribe. Right. So he would just write down whatever Joseph was saying. And he didn't use any punctuation. He just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And at one point he took it home to show his wife what uh what he what they'd been working on and she said well there's an easy way to tell to if this is actually divine like translation of another text and she hid it from him and wouldn't (laughs) tell him where it is it was like a hundred and something pages and she just took it and <laughs> hit it. And it really threw Joseph Smith for a loop for quite a while. Like, it, like he's, he had to do this whole thing where, like, well, the Lord's taken the ability to translate away from me and all this stuff, right? Yeah. And wasn't it, like, how long was it? It was a, a span of time, like a year or two before he came I, I back to, like, starting to, like, anyway, brilliant move. Like, check and make. Yeah. (laughs) But then he comes back with, well, that portion of the Book of Mormon is sealed. Yeah. And we, because, because of our, because of my wickedness, right. And letting you take the uh, the book from me. We will never have, I think it was like the Book of Lehi or the Book of something or Laban or something, right. And uh, (laughs) it's so like, um, can you imagine if the Book of Mormon was actually longer? Oh my God. (laughs) No, thanks. No, but like, what did you think, Dan, of sort of their handling of Mark Hoffman as a essentially a non-believer, an atheist? <clears throat> because he's on record as he doesn't believe in God. Yeah. And they, they, I mean, they, they just barely touch it. And it's I, I wasn't satisfied by that moment. I felt like it wasn't handled. 100 percent. The way that I would have liked to see it you be know, addressed. I, there was you know? a lot I, that I felt. I, I felt like it. Le- the like the documentary itself left a lot to be desired. I yeah. feel like it touched on. It touched on. It barely touched on a few things that I think would have been highly interesting. Yeah. Like it. It just sort of gave us a couple of techniques that he used to forge. But I wanted to learn about how the fuck he forged these documents yeah. that they put through gas spectrometry and stuff. Yeah. And they still passed the smell test. Yeah. Um, but and I wanted to hear more about why he like why he was doing this to the church. Like he grew up in the Mormon church. Mm-hmm. But he very clearly like stopped believing in it quite early. I mean, he's clearly a psychopath. Clear, yes, absolutely, and and so I and and so I'm sure he had, I'm See, sure he stopped believing quite early. Yeah, he had no problem with the idea first of of uh, lying and forging right. and and all of that. Yeah, and deception then he was no problem for him whatsoever. So easily just glides into murder. Yeah, 
Like, and he, like passed, he passed lie detector tests with no problem. And yeah. he, like, he was, I mean, he's clearly, uh, he, he had a brilliant mind. Yeah. He had, uh, I, and, and, uh, and yet, so yeah, I mean, I think he was a psychopath. I think he probably is and was an atheist. He's, he's just rotting in Utah State Prison now. Yeah. Um, but I think, I, you know, his atheism is neither here nor there to his criminality. No, and yeah. what I, and I am very glad that nobody tried to make that connection. Right, that somehow the reason that he was a criminal and the reason that he was, uh, that he was, you know, sort of without any morals, was due to his atheism. I, right, I'm glad yeah, they, that, did, they they didn't do that. You're right, but like there, and it, and it does touch I guess on what you were just saying a minute ago. Uh, what what were these motivations against the church? Right. Yeah. Like, like <sighs> he had something going on. Yeah. And 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 clearly he was just fucking with them. Well, like, I think he saw a way to make a lot none, of money as well. Well, sure. Right. But he but he also like he, he you know he forged documents by uh, Thomas Jefferson yeah. and like sort of American founding fathers and was on the road to creating a, a document that. Or, or had created a document that again passed all of the tests of authentic of authentication um, that was going to make him a mi- like uh, millions of dollars yeah. because it was the first printed document uh, in in the con- you know in that was printed on, in this country or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And so he like there are probably quite a few like documents in the world that someone has in their collection that he forged huh. that they just don't know. I mean, I'm guessing there've been a couple that he forged and sold to somebody and they just don't want to look. <laughs> they just don't want to find out. Yeah. It's quite possible. Cause it's, it's better to just have the cool thing, but well, and uh, I mean, he, he loved to, uh, he also forged what like Deseret bank bank notes or whatever. Yes. Right? Deseret. Yeah. So like, um, I'm sure there are plenty of those still out there. Like the low value stuff that he was like forging just yeah. for like some, some pocket change. Yeah. Like that stuff guaranteed is just that's, out there. That's circulating. Yeah. Hmm. It's just, you know, it, he targeted a, a silly, weird little big church that had a deep, deep pockets. That's also paranoid about like their image and, right. and the, 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 and, yeah, the their own persecution press. <laughs> yeah, uh, complex. It makes sense. Like they're a great target. Yeah, you know he he. It makes sense that he would target them. But so funny. I, I, if he had just not been murderous, this all would have been uh, kind of good fun. To be perfectly honest with you, I kind of love the idea. <laughs> Forging. If he, had, if he had gotten away with actually creating the sealed por- oh. or some portion of the sealed portion oh, of the book God, of mormon no kidding right it would have been amazing <laughs> because literally when the white salamander letter sort of came out people were figuring out how to adjust their their sense of their own theology yeah. to include it if that had come out they would have just had to incorporate whatever he put in it yeah. Into their theology. It would have just had to have been part of 
of their of their new church now. Or it could have just been and, wildly contradictory to what else was in the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Right? Like like he yeah. like, which is why yeah. Like I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, oh. uh, as it turns out, he he uh, became a murderer instead and ruined the fun for everybody. So <laughs> I don't know that that's great fun, but I mean, I, I get I get where you're coming from. <laughs> the one thing I I and it's not like I would encourage anybody to do it because it's you know obviously just patently wrong. Yeah. But if in if it had happened in history, it would it would have been a piece of history that I would have enjoyed. Right, the yes. fact that he conned the Mormon Church so epically, yeah, but yeah, yeah. and then probably would have come out uh, years and years and years later after everybody had made their theological adjustments and said, <laughs> "Nope, it was a fake. I did this," and then everybody would have to decide whether to double down or to like reject it. And anyway, uh, I get a kick out of out of imagining that scenario, but instead he went that with that murder thing. So. Go and watch it. I think it's 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 entertainment. It's fun entertainment. It's some if you're into true crime, it's interesting. If you're into seeing uh, Salt Lake City in the '80s, which was a hoot for me, they have some amazing footage. Well, and uh, if you like '80s hairdos, oh <laughs> boy, that was some big hair, lots of feathering. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's a it's a treat. You can go ahead and watch it and uh, and enjoy. But man. The things that could have been. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, if you guys would like to uh, mention anything about this or anything else to us, please feel free to write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail. The telephone number is 424 666 8442. Yeah. Hey, go to the Facebook page, would you? Facebook.com slash TGI Atheist and click that like button. And if you'd like to join the members only lounge on Facebook, go to thankgodimatheist.com slash members only, and that'll yeah. take you over to it and you can join. Also, find us on, on Twitter at TGI Atheist. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine, fine music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Bye-bye. Seriously, something in this house smells amazing. <laughs> amazing smells. <laughs> How sweet the smell that Dave has made for me. me. All right. Okay. Um, what are we? What's the clip? Oh, pow. hey, Dan.